So I'm filling out the form, and my friend said, why don't you write something really inappropriate, like I hate chinks, you know? And I'm thinking, yeah, but when you think about it, I don't want people to think that of me. You know, I just want to get out of jury duty. So I just filled out the form, and I wrote, I love chinks. <laughs> Radio Drone. Welcome to a Thursday night. I'm Josh Hadley, and I say screw the FCC. Cecil, what do you think about the FCC? They can suck a dick. And then normally I'd introduce Peter, but he's not here this week. He, he's he got some stomach issues, so his stomach's trying to kill him. So Peter will be back next week. For right now, though, it'll just be Cecil and I. And Cecil, you know what I'm about to do to you. Oh, I don't. I told you I don't like that. I don't care. You'll get used. You'll get used to it. Yeah, just just enjoy it. All right, let's let's see. I guess because I'm the only one here to pick on. If you go to uh, AdamandEve.com and use the promo code Drome, you'll get uh, six free DVDs, free mystery gift, gift for him, a gift for her, free uh, non-Canadian American shipping, and uh, is that it? Then, yes, that's it. Use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. Use the pro. Yay! There you go. We're going to talk about tonight how television has changed. And I'm not just talking about, like, you know, how more, much more sophisticated it seems now or whatnot. I'm talking about, like, even when it comes to language, that it seems we're almost more repressed nowadays. At the same time, we're looser with certain things than we used to be. But then at the same time, there are things from the 70s, for example. Do you think you could ever make an All in the Family episode that would air on a network today, Cecil, ever? Absolutely not. You know how many people would lose their minds? Can't you tell when you've been insulted? I just don't get excited. I am not getting excited. I am getting mad. Listen to Louise. That's what happens when you mix black and white. In ten more seconds, he's going to call a nigger. <laughs> Listen to that, I ain't used that word in three years. I'm surprised people aren't protesting over, like, the reruns of the show. But yeah, if they were to try to do a new version of that on today's uh, television with, you know, today's Offendatrons, no way would they be able to get away with it. They would, they'd get what maybe one episode in and they would just be flooded with people complaining. Let me ask you the esoteric question then. Why? Why Why were you freer in 1971 on television to talk about race relations, sexual identity, and language than you are in 2015? Haven't we progressed instead of regressed? Why is all... I mean, I, I showed a friend of mine who's younger than me an All in the Family episode from 1975... He couldn't believe how freely they used the word nigger and faggot. And this was CBS primetime in 1975. This was the top-rated show of the year. Why were we freer in 75 than we were in 2015 than we are in 2015? I think it's more of the instantaneous 
fake outrage. Uh, we're seeing it all over the place. Like people are, they have more avenues to be upset. So whereas back then, if a movie or if a show was on TV and people were offended, they had to write a letter. And that took, you know, that took a dedication. You have to get up. You got to get a piece of paper. You got to get a stamp. You really want to send a message. I am offended by this and mail a letter out. Whereas now an episode will air, for example, recently the the game, the, the game of Thrones non-controversy where all of a sudden, uh, so, you know, there's a rape on the show that has previously had rape and you get a bunch of people. It's, it's, and the show also regularly has beheadings and people being flayed alive and incest. And it's not like the rape is the most hardcore thing on that show. Yeah. But it was just the, it was the thing that whatever one person was offended and told other people that they should also be offended. So consequently they all got on Twitter and they all got on Facebook and, uh, you know, I will never watch this again. And when uh, a network sees that now, somebody like HBO is going to look at that and laugh. But if something like that happened to a major network, they would probably immediately issue an apology and would never air that episode again and would either cancel the show or would dramatically alter the content. So I think what it is. Now there's this illusion of a lot of people getting upset when it's really just the same people that are just uh, perpetually offended at everything that a are going to go off the group, rails. A watchdog group is a guy who just sits and watches TV all day looking for something to offend him. And before, like I said, they would have to send a letter, but now you can just get on there and uh, and get your vo- you know get your your get your voice heard as quickly as possible and as loud as possible and, and make sure you, you, uh, you signal boost it. You get other people with more followers to retweet it. And, and then it makes it sound like there's a whole bunch of people that are offended when really more than likely they weren't even watching the show to begin with. Well, that said, there's also something about the censors themselves. They, the, the network censors, I'm just talking network right now. Let's, let's wait on cable. So I'm talking ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox at the moment. I guess the CW and my network technically qualify. The censors will decide, no, I think this will offend people. That like There was a Miami Vice episode back in, I think it was the third or fourth season, so this would be like maybe 87, 88. Vanity was being killed by a bunch of professional wrestlers that were guest starring on the show. Captain Lou Albano. Captain Lou Albano. Well, there's a couple others too, but yeah, Captain Lou was one of them. And they're killing Vanity while Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith, who were married at, or I don't know if they were married, but they were engaged at least at the time, were going at it hardcore. And these two things were intercut, the the sex and the violence. The censors were afraid people would find that offensive and tried to get Dick Wolf and Michael Mann to literally not air the entire episode. They aired the episode. Nobody complained. So sometimes it's also the censor going, no, you as the viewing audience, your little eggshell minds can't handle this. And then the eggshell minds go, what was the big deal? Let's go to cable. Look at the the final season one Masters of Horror episode, the one Takahashi Miki did. That never aired. Why? Showtime was so afraid of how violent it was in a show called Masters of Horror on pay cable that they were afraid of the complaints that they would get. 
So it was released to DVD, and everyone loved it, and there were no complaints. Isn't, well, isn't it sometimes the censors are the problem? Oh, absolutely. Well, the thing with the Masters of Horror was the whole point of the show was they gave a bunch of different directors, okay, here's X amount of money, do whatever you want. Push whatever envelopes you want. The Clive Barker, want. the Clive Barker, J- J- John McNaughton episode had a woman literally screwing corpses that got her pregnant and she gave birth to a zombie baby. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's pretty extreme. It was pretty extreme. Well, what happened? Uh, the the episode that uh, I always thought it was Takashi Miike, but uh, whatever. whatever. I've never heard it pronounced. I'm going on. I never have either, but I always so. and I and I love the guy. I've, I've seen. A ton of his movies, but uh, I actually saw Izo in the theater, but um, uh, during one of the film festivals, his episode, I believe it was called Dumplings, and it was about uh, this restaurant that made these dumplings that were delicious, and everybody was, oh my god, the the meat is so tender, what are they? And you know, the whole thing comes out that uh, the dumplings are being stuffed with meat from aborted baby fetuses. Uh, is is that pushing the envelope? Yes, but that was kind of the point of it. And the fact that uh, Showtime, a cable channel, a pay cable channel, would would buckle and uh, just panic and pull that really set an uneven tone for the rest of the series. And I think that's also why the the show did kind of start flailing and they they ended up scrapping it because okay, well season one. And you already pull an episode before it even aired. So maybe some other directors um, might have dialed it back. The episode, by the way, was called Imprint. Imprint. Okay. Because there was, uh, all right, there is another, there's a movie called Dumplings, I think. Uh, Yeah, because I I don't remember, because I haven't seen it since 2006. But I don't remember what the Imprint story was. I do remember there was some nasty stuff, like somebody having like needles going through their gums and stuff. And, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm one of those people that like somebody gets razor bladed in the teeth. That just creeps me out, man. Oh uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm that way with eyeball stuff. That always that always gets me. It's like, yeah. Ooh. So so I think that maybe some later directors might have dialed themselves back because it was like, well, you know, we don't want to do this and then never have an error. So yeah, I think that that the censors do play a lot because they panic. They they're afraid of what uh, is going to happen. That is never a good way to um push your artwork they they, they also overestimate things sometimes for instance this never got made in the 70s harlan ellison wrote a script called the tigers are loose which was loosely based on the richard speck murders remember he murdered all those nurses and Mm -hmm. they came back to him your script is too violent it's about a guy murdering nurses there kind of has to be violence they're like we need you to do it all psychological the notes he was getting were so insane that he's like how do you people make anything? Everything is limited with you people. So I think sometimes it's the censors. They're more afraid of what will offend middle America than what actually will offend middle America. You know, language. NYPD Blue broke a lot of boundaries, Cecil. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the pilot episode alone, I showed that to somebody a couple of years ago. And it's like, yeah, this is 1992. This is al- it's almost cable nowadays, you know? And this was network. They couldn't even make up swears on NYPD Blue. In season one, Sipwitz had a line about how, oh, you were rubbing up and down in her gunya. The censors were like, you can't say gunya. It clearly means vagina. David Milch is like, I, I made that word up. It doesn't mean anything. They said, 
coming out of Sipowitz's mouth, it's too filthy and we can't have it. Is that not the height of ridiculousness? That you can't use made-up words like like Farscape's Frel? They they did that with uh, Battlestar Galactica with uh, fr- you know was it Frack Frack where fr- they were saying Frack instead of f- I, I always kind of groan whenever there's a made-up curse like freaking instead of fuck. But with something like that, eh, Gunya sounds like something that that you know Sipowitz would have come up with. So uh, it it is funny that they would uh, be all upset about a word that doesn't even exist uh that they're because because how can it be offensive if it's just a nonsense word they make this weird distinction now network tv is still like this you can do this on cable you can say bullshit but you can't say shit you can also say ass but you can't say asshole what kind of bizarre world is this i like god damn it and they cancel or they delete uh god yeah but you can say damn it (laughs) You can say, damn it. You know, it's nuts. But then we also have this weird thing where, now, cable seems to do this more than networks for obvious reasons. Nowadays, cable shows seem to revel in the fact that they're cable shows. Like, to me, I've I've seen not every episode of American Horror Story, but my uh, ex-wife watches it. So I've seen, I watched all of season one, and I've seen most of season two and three that way. American Horror Story seems to revel in, we're on cable, we can do this. We can be excessively violent, we can have people having sex with a minotaur, we can have male rape, and we can have all this gore. None of it, from what I've seen, helps the story. It's, we're on cable and we can. That, I think, is part of a problem, too. You may not agree with me. I don't think they should they should push the envelope simply because they can. I think it needs to be there needs to be a reason behind it. You know, don't just do it because you can. Like cuz then it comes off disingenuous and you you just start cursing for the sake of cursing or doing something, you know, goofy because you can. Then it just it almost comes off as a parody and it's not uh, genuine. Well, Sons of Anarchy was kind of the same way. Sons of Anarchy and I don't know if they intended this or not. The last two seasons became, you want to see male rape on basic cable? You watch Sons of Anarchy. No less than 15 different scenes in those two seasons of a guy being raped by another guy. It started to make you go, are you working something out here, Mr. Producer? Because, <laughs> you know, Sons of Anarchy should not become the male rape show. This is like on Oz, I thought it got a little excessive. Oz was tame compared to Sons of Anarchy, and this is on basic cable. I remember Oz when uh, when it first came out, where everybody was like, "Oh, um, this is the male rape show," because it was just every other week somebody was getting raped. But it was like it was showing the horrors of prison. The one guy, uh, he got raped by the neo Nazi, and they they carved a swastika in his ass, and and I mean, then that he was... took a shit, and then he took a shit in Schillinger's mouth, and then broke his nose, and then mm-hmm. Schillinger crucified him to the gym floor, and then he killed Schillinger's son, and yeah, it kind of escalated to a ridiculous level too. Yeah, it really did. Uh, I actually, uh, God. I I didn't have cable at the time. I actually was going over to my cousin's house, and a lot of times we were over there. Like he was really addicted to the show, so if I was over there, I'd watch it with him. So I I haven't seen a bunch of them. I only saw a couple, and it was um, Oz kind of hit me the same way like The Sopranos did. Like I, it was a really well made show. I just didn't care. I I apparently I'm looking this up. I evidently never saw Imprint. 
I, thought, I was, but I, I, was, I didn't want to correct you because I didn't want to seem like an asshole, but I was going to say, I don't remember anything of what you're talking about in that episode, but again, I haven't seen it in nine years, so maybe. I, I completely mixed it up with, uh, with a movie that I thought was this thing because i'm like you know let me just look it up and i'm looking and i'm reading and i'm like all right i absolutely did not see this <laughs> so i I'm didn't want to be an asshole and call you out on the show but okay no it's it's fine so yes yeah, so i uh i apparently was was completely wrong on that and uh I, i'm i'm curious now because i could have sworn i've seen it but uh i guess i i watched something else and thought that this was that not just like with language and whatnot but or, or even with gore or nudity but you also just have what a show is about has changed, I think, in a, it greatly. And I, I, let's stick with network again right now, the network shows. You can't really do serious topics anymore in a non-cliched way. For instance, like back in the 80s, when Hill Street Blues, th there was a serial rapist storyline. All the women were traumatized, but he wasn't hurting them other than rape. I mean, he wasn't like beating them or anything. And then the rapist raped Goldblum's wife. And she pulled the whole, and I'm going to get a lot of crap over this, that whole, oh my god, I just want to forget it ever happened, I, I will not testify, I don't want to, I, you know, I'm, I can't describe him, I just want to forget it, and she went into a little ball. Then the next time the, ser the serial rapist raped a woman, he slit her throat. And Goldblum, in a traditional cop show, would have been like, it's not your fault or anything, right? Mm-hmm. Nope. Hill Street Blues said, no, Goldblum was like, if you had just done your goddamn job and fucking stood up and did this, she would still be alive. Stop crawling into your, your own self-pity and help catch this man. That's really ballsy. That's the 80s. You'd never see that on a cop show today, would you? No. Maybe on like AMC or something, but not on a major network. Well, you, you even have to, to talk about rape. When Aceveda got raped on the shield, his reactions to it were actually hailed by the Rape Crisis Center of America as that's a very realistic reaction. And the shield was hailed for handling male rape in a realistic manner. You don't usually think of a, something like the shield for that, do you? No, but uh, good on them. Shield was an awesome show. The shield was also graphic as hell. I mean... For the time in the early 2000s, I thought that was pushing the boundaries for basic cable. And then, you know, American Horror Story and Sons of Anarchy come along, and it's like, okay, maybe not. There, there's not just language and nudity and all that. There's, all, there's also subject matter. That there is certain subject matter, say 70s and 80s shows could touch, that today you wouldn't touch. How often do you see a character with AIDS on a network show today? Do you remember when Mark Harmon got AIDS on St. Elsewhere? He was the first fictional TV character to ever even use the word AIDS in like 1986 or whatever year that one was. I wasn't really watching. Uh, I, I saw mostly St. Elsewhere and reruns. Uh, I don't remember that at all. I know there was the pilot for the show that where there was the priest that had AIDS, but then that uh, I don't believe that ever actually aired. Nope, uh, that didn't air because early 90s ABC was willing to break a lot of ground. Priest with AIDS was not one of them. Yeah, I I almost can understand. Like that one is really pushing it cuz you're going to you're going to be pissing off I think the show uh, was called Nothing Sacred, something like that, yeah. But that would have been uh it would have been interesting. I I think that uh, yeah, that would have gotten that would have gotten people all riled up. Mark Harmon getting AIDS on uh St. Elsewhere. 
But uh, it seems like, I mean, a valid, you know, a, a hospital show at the time that was uh, that AIDS was was the big thing. I mean, with the was it was, that still, it was the... only a couple of years old, too. I mean, AIDS literally had only been around a couple of years at that point. I mean, if you look at it, then a couple of years later, Magic Johnson was on uh, Arsenio Hall, like talking about it. They did that video, you know, learning about AIDS and all that and kind of bringing it to the forefront, letting people know that, hey, you know, straight people get it, too. And I mean, it was a, it was a subject that needed to be talked about. But see, this is this is what's the weird thing about TV, Cecil. They always seem to embrace when something does break a boundary, but nobody wants to be the first show to do it. Isn't that the weird part of TV? Everyone wants to play it safe until somebody else moves that line. They don't want to. They don't want to do that. Well, what's funny is you'll have somebody that will break a boundary. You you get um, uh, The Walking Dead, where they have a very violent show about zombies on television they were the ones that did that and then you have a bunch of other oh well everybody wants zombies okay so then you know you get all the copycats so that's kind of the thing it's somebody will do that edgy thing and then everyone else will come along and try to rip that off because somebody else had the balls to be the one to do it first go back and watch like first season married with children's from 1987 i don't think you could do those kind of jokes today all the menstruation jokes and and just how anti-woman a lot of that is, you could never get away with Married with Children today, could you? No, absolutely not. Just uh, the the infidelity jokes, the the, the penis jokes, the the just toilet. You could probably you get away with some of the toilet humor. Yeah, there was a uh, ch- like like not child abuse, but like mental child abuse. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that just would not fly. Do you know you used to not even be able to show a toilet or hear a toilet flushing on TV until All in the Family? The the, the Tonight Show with uh, Jack Parr, where uh, he made a joke about a water closet. Which is a got, toilet. Which is a toilet, which they censored. I mean, come on. They, they censored a lot of weird stuff. For instance, I thought this was a brilliant Lenny Bruce joke. I'd like to perhaps give you a four-letter word. That starts with an S and ends with a T. Uh, first time in television, I'm not going to look at you when I say this, because this way I can't get busted. You don't know who said it. The band said it. <laughs> starts with an S and ends with a T, and the word is snot. And the censors went, nope, and cut the entire bit. Because <laughs> it, was, it was too racy. You, you've got this weird double standard that there is art, and then there is just speech. For instance, like when ABC would show, or no, sorry, when CBS showed On Golden Pond, that's an art movie. So they were able to say bullshit on TV quite a few times, completely uncensored in the early 90s. But then when the clip of On Golden Pond was shown on the t- on uh, David Letterman, bullshit was beeped out. It's hilarious. What kind of weird rules is that? Just, just stupid they're not looking at it from the perspective of realistic. They, they're, oh, well, you you know, you could say this here in this context, but not this way. So that's stupid. Speaking of context, there was this weird rule how you could say Hill Street, Bru- Hill Street Blues got in trouble for this. You could say screw, like screw you or screw off, but you could not say they were screwing. So you couldn't say screw if it was in a sexual context, but you could say screw if it was not in a sexual context. The same thing with radio. 
you know, you you can say certain words, but uh, it, it all, you know, it all depends on the context of it. It's it's just it's these stupid rules that a bunch of people made up that are not artistic. They're not funny. They're not interesting. They just kind of have somehow worked their way into being. I hate to, to use this, but the thought police. Um, well, it, it got so bad. Let's go back to Hill Street Blues. There was an episode where a guy died. He had a heart attack while banging a sheep. The censors let them get away with that as long as they added a line of dialogue that made sure the audience knew the sheep was female. Because well, they, apparently that was the line, right? Well, they put a they put a bow on the sheep. That made it. was a girl. Okay, like it's like okay, bestiality's okay, but homosexual bestiality—that's wrong. As long as it's heterosexual bestiality, it's okay for '80s TV. <laughs> I mean. The, the Hill Street Blues writers used to have fun trying to play with the censors. They would come up with words, kind of like the Gunya situation, where they would combine some words to make fictional swears for the show that the censors wouldn't get. And then eventually the censors would add their own definitions. In the first couple of seasons, Belker calls everyone a scumbag a lot. Until the censors figured in their head, a scumbag is slang for, con for a used condom. So... All of a sudden, Belker can't use scumbag anymore. Yeah, I love that. I remember that was a whole big deal. It's like, where the what? What kind of dumb logic is that? You know what it is? It's the same thing with uh, certain rules lawyers on radio and te and television. They need to come up with reasons to justify their jobs. They're getting paid a lot of money to do essentially nothing. So. With something like that, well, uh, there's nothing really going on right now. Uh, he's saying scumbag. Well, scum has come in it, so that obviously means it. No, it it it's just a, a slang word. It means like jerk. It means douche. I mean, you know, I mean, it's so many things. Scumbags does not mean used condom. After or, season three, all of a sudden, Belker's calling everyone a dirtbag. Right, and it's like. Uh, all right, well, that, you know, you could twist that. Well, dirtbag means uh, a bag full of shit. Well, you can't <laughs> say that now because, you know, so it's just, it's ridiculous. What the censors think is going to piss people off when it doesn't come to language is ridiculous. For instance, in, I think it was 1968 or 1969, Harry Belafonte and Petula Clark had a special together, you know, where they're singing and whatnot. It was actually a Petula Clark special, but Harry Belafonte was on it. And they're singing a duet together. And just in a very just relaxed moment, she grabbed his arm. The censors wanted them to reshoot the song because a white woman grabbed a black man's arm on television in the 60s. Is that not ridiculous as hell? Thankfully, both Belafonte and Petula Clark said, no, then just cancel the whole damn special. We're not redoing this. Yeah, it's it. It's You've seen ridiculous. the clip. It, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's so subtle you wouldn't even notice it if it wasn't pointed out to you. Yeah, it's just a little like thing. It's it's something you do with, with like another human being. Oh my god, you know they're singing a, a very touching song. So she she just like she leans against his arm. Oh my god, it's the end of the world. A white woman is touching a black guy. Uh, uh, but, but no, I, I hate to say this, but some of their fears were kind of justified. You've seen the classic episode, I, th I think it was Plato's Stepchildren, I don't remember exactly, but the classic episode of Star Trek where Kirk and Uhura are mind-controlled and have to kiss, right? 
That's the first interracial kiss ever on American television. Mm -hmm. And because of that, many Alabama and Mississippi NBC stations refused to air that episode. Even in syndication, that episode didn't air in some states until the 80s. Because a white man kissed a black woman? What? Yeah, it's not surprising, but it's it's also just kind of shows where the uh, the country is sometimes it's like this is such a non thing like why but i guess you know here we are you know in 2015 and and they're still fighting over things like uh you know whether or not gays are allowed to be married and it's just like it's so whether or not gays in a zombie apocalypse can share a two-second pack yeah exactly A, a guy a guy comes home and he sees his his boyfriend husband and and the, he's he's overjoyed because he's oh my god you made it back and he gives him a you know okay you know it's zombies getting their second pick yeah maybe. it's a little nothing zombies getting their heads cut off uh poor carl almost getting raped you know that uh, no but but a guy showing compassion to his his boyfriend oh my god uh, it's horrible it's the end of the world oh people are just but uh, but then stupid maybe that has to do because it was men on walking dead because remember tara is gay and we saw her making out with her girlfriend prior to the governor's assault a season earlier there was no Mm -hmm. uproar then no because it's hot when (laughs) chicks do it right (laughs) but you you know you you can't even again to go to all in the family i hate to keep going to like one show for this but all in the family literally broke almost every boundary you could on tv well, the Jeffersons did too. Well, the Jeffersons is a spinoff of All in the Family, the so it's the same. It's the same family. universe. It's the same producers, even. But yeah, it was. I mean, but you know, but they also you know pushed the envelope uh, just in in different directions. But uh, oh crap! Like uh, going back and watching some of those episodes. That's why they're still funny uh, because they're actually they, truer now than they were in the seventies. Strangely enough, which is really sad. And again, there's no way you'd be able to air the like if that was. You can air them now in syndication uh, because they already existed. But if you were to make a show now using the exact scripts, there's no way they they would get uh, without without people just protesting and flipping their lids. I mean, hell, they had Edith get raped by David Duke. Well, she didn't on get her birthday. Well, she well, still she, got assaulted. She didn't get raped. She, raped. she didn't she get got raped. Assaulted. She, she she threw a uh, she threw a cake on him. But he'd already reached down her top. She was sexually molested. Right. She was, was, I mean, I mean, she was, I'm not going to argue the definitions of rape here. No, I'm saying it was a traumatic incident, but it wasn't like full on rape. You know, she was sexually assaulted, but she wasn't raped. All in the but family still. also had an episode where, remember, they, they, there was an, a regular character that showed up two or three different times in the first couple of seasons of that drag queen that Mike was friends with. When a bunch of gay bashers beat the drag queen to death and beat Mike into a coma because they thought he was a fag. Again, this is 70s, a, a 70s sitcom. They did. They did really push it with a lot of the episodes where it was it was it. I mean, now. Uh, well, I shouldn't say now, but uh, there were a lot of uh, sitcoms that did have the very important episode. Uh, like there was an episode. Of, this episode of Give Me a Break where uh, the oldest son gets raped by a woman. And uh, because I remember that was a whole big deal where they're like, this episode, uh, it handles uh, rape. And everybody's thinking that 
one, you know, Nell Carter or, or somebody is going to get raped and it ends up being the oldest son. And uh, hey, I, it, I remember when uh, when uh, Gordon Jump was uh, the child molester who owned the bike shop on different strokes. Damn it, Mr. Carlson, how do you run WKRP like this? Well, it was the 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 net was it Neptune King of the Sea, where he's like he, where he, yeah he was he was telling that he he had uh, he had Arnold and uh, Dudley and they were both like not wearing shirts and he was showing them porn and he was like let's play I think it was Neptune King of the Sea and he wanted to like take a bath with them and stuff <laughs> and it's so terrible but it is it's it is funny in a way uh, because it's so bad. Probably my favorite, and I've talked about this one before, is the Mr. Belvedere AIDS episode with the, like, 10-year-old with AIDS. Not for that storyline. The B story has one of the one of those jokes that you'd go, would that one of those jokes that would never appear in a sitcom today, ever. The, the B story is about the youngest son on Mr. Belvedere. He is playing Abe Lincoln in the school play, and he's totally getting into character, wearing the beard and the hat all around school, and he goes up to the black kid, in the cafeteria and goes, give me your cupcake and I'll free ya. <laughs> <laughs> you. Tell me that's not, you could never do that today. You'd never, on, and, and that's the B story in an AIDS episode. Yeah. I, I got on, on Mr. Belvedere of all places. Yeah. You have some shows that were all very special episodes. Like I love St. Elsewhere. And you've said you've watched it too. They mm-hmm. tackled just every kind of weird thing you could think of. Didn't they? Somebody had it in Boston in, in the 80s, didn't they? Oh, big time. They, they covered they covered a lot of really weird stuff. Well, I guess because, God, the show was on for what, like 10 seasons? Six. Si- oh, really? I thought it was on longer than that. But still, nope. but six seasons back then when you had like 32 episodes to fill. So, you know, of course they're going to really start hitting some major issues because they got to come up with new storylines and new stuff it 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 really makes sense that they would to a degree chicago hope picked up the mantle after saint elsewhere was off the air chicago hope was the first time a scripted drama was able to show full frontal female nudity i don't remember the exact details but like a woman had to have reconstructive surgery on her breasts and she was looking at herself in a mirror after you know she got her boobs back and it was full frontal female nudity, and there was no uproar. Chicago Hope was the was also had. Well, we as surgeons know better than most that things occur in life, surpass all understanding. And shit happens. In a word, yes. On broadcast television in the late nineties, no uproar. Is it well? Like- is it sometimes is it sometimes if you do it in a medical context it's okay? But let's talk a little bit about just how television has changed in the more esoteric sense. Do you think TV in general has gotten more sophisticated or less sophisticated? Let's let's just go from 1970 on or 1971 on all in the family through today. Has it gotten more sophisticated or less sophisticated in general? Obviously, there's always going to be the lowbrow show and the highbrow show in every season. So just in general. I don't know, because it's it's weird. There are things that uh, they can do now that they couldn't do back then, and then uh, vice versa. There's things that they used to do back then that they can't do now. They're, they're pushing boundaries now. Um, they're doing certain things, but... Uh, there are, I don't know, it, it's it's kind of a mix. 
and I know I'm I'm biased here. Uh, I'm admitting my bias up front. I think even more so than the 70s, the 80s were the time of of true experimentation in television. I mean, a show like Max Headroom could have only existed in the 80s, couldn't it have? Absolutely. That could not have existed in the 70s, and that could not have existed in the 90s. I'm not talking technology. I'm talking the environment of television. That could only have existed in the late 80s, couldn't it have? Yeah. It was so bizarre. And I, I do think, though, a large part it of that... It feels like is, a cable show when you rewatch Max Headroom, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It was amazing. What, what did that play on? NBC? A- ABC. Oh, it was ABC. Yeah, they... They were too busy trying to figure out how to get Max to sell Coke uh, instead of pushing uh, the show. But thankfully, I mean, the show never suffered. The show never was bad. Like, they didn't turn the show into Max Headroom, you know, slinging Coke. Well, slinging the beverage Coke. It it was very, very forward-thinking for the time. Well, see, the reason... Now, ABC was one of the true innovators in the late 80s. And I know people are going to laugh at that, but you got to look at the, the slate that they had. ABC, you know, Fox just exists. Fox just came on the air. So out of four networks, they were fourth. That this newcomer Fox is already beating them. So they had nothing to lose in 1987 to try risky types of TV shows that had never been done before. They had nothing left to lose. And, I mean, look at something like China Beach. You might think China Beach is just this, oh, it was a Vietnam TV show. Okay. China Beach was truly innovative in how they made it. For Mm -hmm. one thing, no character was safe. It was one of of the first shows since maybe Hill Street or St. Elsewhere where it didn't matter if you were in the opening credits. You're, You're in war. You can just get blown up randomly. Boom, character's gone. No foreshadowing, no buildup. And then they had the famous backwards episode which, of course, nobody remembered. So when then Seinfeld did their backwards episode, they were called truly innovative, like nothing ever before seen on TV, except Mm -hmm. when China Beach did it two years earlier and no one noticed. You had other shows like Cagney and Lacey. I know that's kind of a punchline today. Go back and watch the Meg Foster season or the first Sharon Gless season of Cagney and Lacey again, and you'll see a show that you'd go, this wasn't a cable cop show today. This is realistic. I think the the 80s it had an innovative streak that you just couldn't you couldn't do today. Look at Miami Vice. Now, obviously, nowadays people would go, well, this would happen because of Miami Vice. Let's say Miami Vice didn't happen in '84. I don't know if TV would be the same. Miami Vice changed all the rules, didn't it? Oh yeah, yeah just for. For the the violence, for the uh, the drug abuse, uh, it it did really push it. Just the style too. Mm-hmm. These things were shot like like movies. I mean, everyone says when Twin Peaks came to TV in 1990, and I don't disagree with this. They said David Lynch is bringing movie quality to television. I don't disagree with that, but I think Vice already did that in '84. You look at any Vice episode today, it looks like it was shot like a movie, doesn't it? So I think people seem to like something like Miami Vice. It's a joke nowadays. Like I brought up with St. Else or uh, Cagney and Lacey as a punchline nowadays. I don't think people who didn't live through when these shows were on the air remember just how groundbreaking and innovative they were at the time. They're almost seen as like people look back. They don't realize 
this stuff didn't happen back then. I mean, some things are happening now. It's more commonplace. But back then, no way. And then, then, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy how ridiculous they were with a lot of the stupid things. Certain stupid words they couldn't say. What was it? A laugh in. Uh, the girl got her her wig taken off, and she said, "Oh my God, I'm bald!" And they they wouldn't let him say they wouldn't let her say bald. But the reason they wouldn't let her say bald, it was a stup reference, as the producer put it. It was B A L L E D that she was actually saying. They said you you have to cut this sketch because you're making fun of people with no hair, and that will offend them. So the censors wanted it cut for the wrong reason. Yeah, they didn't even get why they why they, didn't they get thought the it was joke. A- yeah, not surprisingly. TV, in a way, network TV has gotten less sophisticated. And all of what would have been the sophisticated programs have moved to cable, both basic cable and pay cable. That's where you're having the shows nowadays that would have been the groundbreaking network shows back then. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because in a way, being on a network nowadays, I think, hampers you. Like Aquarius, the night we're recording this, Aquarius just debuted last night. And I watched the pilot, and it's pretty good. But somehow it feels handcuffed that if this were on AMC or FX, somehow they would have been able to do more. Because you're dealing with murders and rapes and stuff, and yet somehow it feels oddly sanitized. Well, it's about Charles Manson, right? Yeah. So that right there should uh, should be a little more edgy. And uh, what time what time was the show on? We're in different time zones, but the last hour of prime time, 9 p.m. for me. Oh, okay, so it's not... Because usually, like, there's different rules. Like, you can get away with certain things at 8, you can get away with more at 9, and then you can get away with more at 10. So this seems like a show that really should be on, like, at 10 or maybe on a cable channel. <laughs> well, do you know why they have those weird rules? Have you ever seen the 1970s? Well, children. Have you seen the 1974 TV movie starring Linda Blair, Born Innocent? Oh, the the where she gets raped in the shower, right? Yeah. This was a TV movie put on in the first hour of primetime. So uh, I'm in the central time zone, so it's 7 p.m. on a Sunday where it's supposed to be this wayward tale of Linda Blair getting in over her head, getting sent to a reform school, and there's a scene only 16 minutes into this two-hour movie where she gets (laughs) held down by four girls and broom-handled for almost three straight minutes. And Mm -hmm. you go, this was a TV movie. I've seen R-rated films that weren't as graphic as that. You've seen the scene in question. Could you believe Mm -hmm. that was on 70s television? I can and I can't. What I mean is that I, I can believe it because, it you know, there it is, but uh, I, I can't because, yeah, it was really graphic, especially for uh, uh, such a such a rough subject matter. I mean, it wasn't like this was a love scene where it's a guy and a girl and they're, you know, they're they're the soft music is playing. There's candles and stuff. And uh, this it's a girl. She's she's held down by what, like five girls. She's held just, down by four girls while another one four rapes girls, her with and, a broom handle. Right. It's and it's it's that brutal. <laughs> it's there's there's no there's no pussy footing around it. I mean, they they really went for it. And uh, yeah, it was I mean, no a well placed shoulder is the only thing that's blocking you from actually seeing the insertion. Yes. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's pretty rough. 
Well, that created such an uproar that they came up with the Family Viewing Hour, which only lasted for about two seasons in the early 80s, or I think 79 through 81, actually, where the first hour of primetime had to be palatable for all viewers. That all, They also put in this weird tenant, Cecil. There had to be educational content as well. Remember, remember Galactica 1980, and remember how bad that was? Yeah, well, I mean, I liked it, but... The reason it was that bad... It was on during that, during the family viewing hour. So that's why there are some episodes where the Super Scouts just stop the story. You know, they're trying to stop Richard Lynch from blowing up like Hoover Dam or something. And the the characters are following around a tour guide giving a history of Hoover Dam and how dams work. And the episode just halts for four minutes so you can get the educational content in. That just (laughs) destroys storytelling when you have to work educational content into something like a sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. And the family viewing hour was go- done away with when everybody was complaining about it. No- nobody wanted that. You, you can't tell the-, the networks how to schedule. And I think that that's one of the things that people don't like to be told what they're going to watch. I think w- the VCR, in when especially when it comes to TV, even more than movies, changed everything. I didn't. I don't have to watch Saint Elsewhere when you decide to show it. I can tape it and watch it whenever I damn well please. And I think that changed how TV executives looked at some of this stuff to the point where nowadays, let's go back to Aquarius. It premiered last night, Cecil. The entire season is already on NBC.com for free streaming. Things have totally changed, haven't they, when it comes to viewing television? And I think the VCR was the thing that did that. It's a new technology that initially they fight it tooth and nail. Oh, this is going to ruin everything. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh, wait, if we figure out a way to use this properly, it can make us money. And then consequently you come along and something like that happens where we'll put it up here and now we'll put it on our website for free viewing with, you know, ad ads, of course. And the thing is now... Uh, I'm sure you watch it and there's probably more ads and you can't skip them. Whereas if you were to record it yourself, you'd be able to skip them. So that's but if their you way it yourself. You only get one episode a week because I think right. I, I don't like this term, but people binge watch shows nowadays. So now you can watch the entire 13 episode season in one night if you want. That's what I do. If I have the opportunity to, this is it's how we watched uh we watched uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, after the show ended, my wife and I, over the course of probably a month, through all five seasons. And, uh, and it was awesome because there wasn't that humongous gap in between, uh, in, in between episodes, you know, seasons and whatnot. It, I mean, it, it's, it's necessary because that they can't, you know, they can't film everything all at once. But I mean, I like the ability of where, what Netflix is doing, where they're taking an entire season, like they're doing with daredevil and orange is new black and all that. It's like, Hey, if you want to watch all of them now, right ahead. I like that option. Now back prior to streaming, I screwed myself when it came to the shield. I, I was on the FX screener list. So I was getting, these are still on VHS at this point. And I watched the pilot and they're like the second or second and third episode. And I loved it. And then I got a screener tape that had episodes four, five, and six on it. So I watched all those in one night. And then I'm like, shit, now I have to wait five weeks before the next one. Damn it! <laughs> I'm like, I just made that the wait longer for myself 
it's like, oh, so I've already seen these weeks early, but now I don't get the next new one until, god damn it! Yes, now you have a really long time to wait. Yeah, I was like, well, I screwed myself on that, and no one to blame there but me. You know, it even comes to, like, Supergirl. The Supergirl pilot, Supergirl does not debut until November. A perfect 1080p quality. It's got no credits, no watermarks of the pilot has already leaked, in quotes, online. That has changed everything. Almost every show that comes out nowadays, the pilot hits the torrent sites before it airs. I think people... People don't want to be told when they can watch stuff. I think the TV schedule, as we think of it, you know, like, okay, this is on at 7 p.m. and then this is on at 8 p.m., I think that that's dead. I think that that ideal is a dead ideal. I think Netflix and DVDs and torrents and all that have changed television, yet isn't it odd how the television has not changed yet? Television is that slow lumbering beast that only changes when they have to. So it's not surprising. They they fight everything tooth and nail, and they only change uh, because, like, they start losing. Well, first, they'll start losing money because something else came along, and they'll get the lawyers involved. And then if the lawyers don't work, then they'll adapt. Cautiously adapt. Cautiously adapt. And then by the time they finally have adapted, then there's something else has come along. Which they're fighting. Which they're fighting, yes. With with the invention of like TiVo and Netflix, it's allowed me to free up time. Because, all right, there's a show that I really love, and it's on Monday nights at 9. And previously, you know, I'd have to record it on a on CR, but now with like TiVo and whatnot, all right, I just set the, uh, the thing, and then I can watch it whenever I want. And I can blow through all the commercials. And so now a f- an hour-long show takes 40 minutes. A half-hour show takes 20 minutes. So that's giving you, like, time where you didn't have it before, where you would have to dedicate a block of your evening to sit down and watch this. And God forbid anything happened. Oh, the baby's crying. Oh, um, I fell asleep. Oh, oh, I missed it. And back in, in, like, the 80s, if you missed an episode of something, guess what? You're never going to see it for years. <laughs> So how would you sum up how television has changed? Again, j- just going from the 1971 All in the Family through today, how has television changed? I know that's more than your lifetime, but in your lifetime, in your viewing lifetime. Television has changed. It's it's pushed forward and it's pushed backwards. So we've we've gained certain things and we've lost certain things. So it's it's very odd. Television is just such a a weird commodity. I think that uh, eventually, television as we know it is going to go away. Maybe not in our lifetime, but eventually, I think that it's just it, it's it's an archaic design that eventually will just uh, will, will fall off. So I, I think that um, it's so weird. Because, uh, like we were talking in the beginning of the episode, where there's well, things that uh, you used to be able to do that now you can't, and then vice versa. So who knows where where television's going to be ten, even you know five years from now? And see, I think that tele. I, I agree with you. I think television, as we grew up with it, is probably already gone. 
but at, I think it's still got farther to go before it goes away. Because like you said, it's a lumbering dinosaur, and dinosaurs don't die easy. So they're going to hang on for a while. As much as I might fight against Netflix and streaming, it's the future. I can't deny that. I might not like it, but I can't deny it. I think television has changed. And those of you who are younger out there who don't realize what it was like in the 70s, 80s, or even in the 90s, you don't realize just how much it's changed. And I, I kind of think you're, you're missing out. As weird as that is, I, I think if you grew up with it, you'd have a better appreciation for it. Peter, sorry that you missed this one, but you can find Peter on 1201beyond.com now, and you can find me on 1201beyond.com as well as 1201beyond at gmail.com to contact the show. But Cecil, where could people find you at like the 900 places you are? I know. I'm very popular. Uh, you can find me at escapistmagazine.com. Uh, you can find me at uh, goodbadflicks.com. You can find me at geekjuicemedia.com. You can find me on the YouTubes. And that's, I think that's about it. All right. You guys try and have a good night. And remember, adjust, adjust the V-hold. Sanford did it best. That's what's wrong with the court, Judge. A black man ain't got a chance down here. I'm black. Well, you the judge. That don't count. <laughs> Listen, why don't you arrest some white drivers? I do. You do? Well, where are they? <laughs> Look at all these niggas in here. <laughs> Look around here. There's enough niggas in here to make a Tarzan movie. <laughs>
Radio Drome is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.